everyone. My name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today, my friend Vivian is back on the podcast and we're talking about the movie The Wedding Planner. Hello, Viv. Hey, Michelle. Thanks for doing this again. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. I'm so excited. All right. So a few things about this movie. It was released in January of 2001, officially 20 years ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's directed by Adam Shankman. It's written by Michael Ellis and Pamela Falk. It stars Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey, Bridget Wilson-Sampras, and Judy Greer. The IMDb.com summary is, Mary Fiore is San Francisco's most successful supplier of romance and glamour. She knows all the tricks. She knows all the rules. But then she breaks the most important rule of all. She falls in love with the groom. It has a 5.3 on IMDb, and it made around $95 million worldwide. And Viv, before we get into it, I wanted to call out that JLo was nominated for a Razzie Award for Worst Actress for this movie. <laughs> okay, first of all, I didn't even know that existed. Yes, <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, so without further ado, let's dive in. What would you rate this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? Sorry, I'm laughing. <laughs> I pulled up my notes from while you were sleeping and I was like, what? 5.7. <laughs> yeah, you gave that movie a pretty low score. Oh, man. Okay, no, that's not what I'm giving um, <laughs> the wedding planner. That's why I was like, wait, what is going on? Okay, sorry. I give wedding planner a 7.2. 7.2, okay. Yeah. All right, so... I just want to say right here, right now, like, I, this movie has a 5.3 on IMDb, <laughs> which is really funny to me. And I fully acknowledge this movie is not, quote unquote, a good one. <laughs> but you, you know what? I, I really like this movie. <laughs> Similar to you, I'm giving this movie a 7, oh which God. is really funny to me because I wrote it, wrote it out and I was like, Michelle, you, you, I cannot believe you're giving this movie a seven. That's a pretty high rating That's for pretty high. this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm so relieved that you're giving this movie a very similar score. Why because... did people hate on this movie? It was so good. I know. They really hated on it. Like <laughs> When I watched the movie and I started typing up my notes, I literally LOL'd at the 5.3 on IMDb. I was like, wow, people really do not like this movie. <laughs> But I don't care. We're here and we're giving this movie a 7 and a 7.2. A solid 7.2. Solid 7. 7.2. Um, but yeah, tell me, why did you choose to talk about this movie and what's your relationship with it? So I actually think I... So this movie came out in what, 2001? Mm -hmm. Let's see. We were in high school. We were in high school. So I think when this movie came out, I developed like a love for rom-coms, but it was still, I think, in my like you know like you're still trying to figure out who you are you're still trying to figure out if you're gonna like date a bunch of guys or if you're gonna be that like reclusive person in high school and I don't know it, I felt like it defined like how naive I can be sometimes I think it defined like my love for rom-coms and it also defined like sort of like how I look at relationships and look at love and maybe even mm. like even look at like career choices to an extent wow so, yes, you can say that I have a very deep relationship with the wedding planner. 
I like it because I just like the way it makes me feel. And I actually remembered watching it just last night and thinking like, oh, this kind of brings back similar feelings of like when I watched my best friend's wedding. Like it just has like kind of a, maybe, maybe it's the right word, like nostalgic mm-hmm. kind of way of looking at, you know, like when you were young, a younger version of yourself and whether there was like a guy in the picture that you like you know, wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. I don't know. I just, I, but I like the way it makes me feel. I think that's number one. And then I also thought like wedding planner. Oh my gosh. It was such a glamorized job at the time. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I'm sure everyone who was like semi-organized wanted to be a wedding planner and myself included probably. I, I think all those things I just mentioned are why I decided to discuss the film. Yeah. I think you and I were kind of similar about Obviously, we're the same age. We grew up together, you know, it's like this movie came out at a, I don't know if it was formative. I guess it was kind of formative. You know, we were in high school, but this movie wasn't about a high school story. It was about people Mm -hmm. late 20s, early to mid 30s. And so you're like, oh, this is how love is going to be when you're older at that age. I understand what you mean when you say nostalgic. It might not be the best word to describe it, but I can transport myself to like my 15, 16 year old body and being like, wow, like that was really fun. It's like a light and fluffy experience. And I just Mm -hmm. felt that again when I rewatched this movie last night. Totally. But similar to you, this is an important rom-com for me. I think this was like one of the beginning rom-coms. Like this is when I knew I really liked Mm rom-coms. Yes, My Best Friend's Wedding came out in like a few years before this, but I don't know if I was identifying the genre so much, but now it's like, okay, I'm, I want to see these kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you mentioned it. I wanted to be a wedding planner and I don't remember the timeline in which this kind of shook out for me. Like, I think I wanted to be a wedding planner and then this movie came out and then I doubled down on that as a career choice. I even went to like a wedding planning seminar when I was in high school. I think I, I was in high school. <laughs> it must have been either wow. high school or early college. Like I really wanted to pursue this line of work. And I ended up pursuing public relations, which is like a more corporate type of event planning. There's mm-hmm. like a lot of event planning goes into the work of PR. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my, I don't know, my realistic version of playing this dream out. I could see that. Then yeah, I mean, I'm not a wedding planner, but yeah, it really kind of formed that idea in me as a young person. Mm-hmm. And then like, maybe we'll have to talk about weddings a lot more because you and I, we've talked about my best friend's wedding, which there's a wedding in that movie. There's a wedding in this movie. Something about weddings? Yeah. I, I think there were like a bunch of movies, it seems, that came out right around the same time. Like Runaway Bride. I never, I see Runaway Bride like all the time I open in Netflix, but like mm. Wedding Singer, Wedding Planner, My Best Friend's Wedding. Maybe that was a common yeah. trope of rom coms in like the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. And I think it really glamorized weddings because we weren't going to totally. weddings on the regular at this age That's a good when point. this movie came yeah. out. I fantasized a lot about weddings and I was like, oh, that's such an adult thing to do and I can't wait to do that. Mm -hmm. And then there's that one scene in this movie where Mary's describing, Mary played by Jennifer Lopez, she's describing Fran's wedding, Fran played by Bridget Wilson-Sampras. She's trying to pitch her and like win her as an account. And she describes it like fancy flowers being imported from like Bali under 
a tent at night. And I was like, she's describing my, my dream of a wedding. And I think I ran with that idea. And I was like, this is how my wedding must be for my dream wedding. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous, but it's fine. Yeah. I've realized it's, it's fun and it's fluffy. It's fine. It's fine. You know, I still have dreams of that dream wedding, but I had a pretty nice wedding. You had a beautiful wedding, Michelle. <laughs> I did. I, I did get a version of my dream wedding, so I'm very grateful and lucky for that. But, you know, an outdoor tented wedding, it means it has to be perfect conditions for the outdoor wedding. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not that risky. So yeah, one thing one thing that struck me when I was rewatching Wedding Planner last night actually was, you know how the first scene is her orchestrating this like beautiful like church wedding. I'm sure it cost a lot of money, but like it was a perfectly executed wedding with like florals dripping from the ceiling and like the bride is beautiful, but she's having a meltdown. And like <laughs> yeah. similarly in the beginning of my best friend's wedding, there's like that beginning scene where there are these like three bridesmaids and they're all dancing to this opening song yeah I just I don't know like I felt like there are parallels between the two of like these like beautiful girls getting ready on like you know the most important day of your lives and that sort of formed in my mind like oh yeah a wedding is supposed to look like that you're supposed to have this like you know 200 plus person wedding and your dress is supposed to look a certain way and your flowers are supposed to look a certain way and and nothing wrong with that but I just kind of I think latched onto that as like oh yeah that's glam and that's beautiful and that's what I want someday I 100% hear you I think we're just the product of of that unfortunately I guess but I do have a trivia point for you early on I'm kicking it in um so you mentioned the beginning scene of my best friend's wedding in the beginning scene of this movie, the wedding planner, the bride in the wedding planner, the first bride, she's actually in that music montage in my best friend's wedding. Oh my God. I know exactly who she is. She's the brunette. Yeah. Her name is Brie Turner. I haven't seen her in anything else. I, I looked her up really briefly on IMDb. Like she still acts. She's a dancer by trade. And so that's why she did that montage for my best friend's wedding. Mm -hmm. But her her role in this movie is very, very small. But I thought you might appreciate that. That is so crazy, though, that she's in both. Yeah. You were like, oh, you know, they relate to each other. I'm like, there is an actual connection. (laughs) (laughs) That's so crazy. I can totally see it now. I know exactly. She's blonde, right? She has like blondish hair. Mm-hmm, in the wedding mm-hmm. planner. Yeah, I feel like she has like more blonde highlights in this movie. Okay, so let's get into the nitty gritty here. Um, what are some things you like about this movie? Um, again, I think going back to like Jennifer Lopez as a wedding planner, I don't know, it, it just seemed like a very achievable goal of like, oh yeah, I could be a wedding planner because mm. again, like, you know, we all have our ideas of like what, it means to be a good wedding planner, I guess, and like what a good wedding would be. And, you know, all it takes is like hard work and being organized and like passion and and whatever. But um, I think there's a little bit of that, like glamorizing, oh, I could be this one day. Mm -hmm. But I also think like wedding planners sort of represent this, like, at least feel like one of the themes in the movie is like wedding planners are representing this like percentage of people who attend weddings, but they never get married themselves. And she says it, she brings it up like in the movie, I forget, like those who, those who can't do teach and those who can't wed plan. That's right. 
she's alluding to like, oh, she, you know, like she's always planning weddings because she's never going to get married, whether that's because she's doesn't have time to date or what have you. But I don't know. I kind of like that. It's like she's busy. She grounds herself in work and then she finds like the most unlikely person to fall in love with. I just, I don't know. I thought that was something that was like, like, you know how it's going to end and it's like incredibly predictable and cheesy, but I still, I don't know. I still liked it. I thought it was like, yeah, you way to root on the people that like never find love and then find love in like mm. the unlikeliest of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah. it's dork. It's dorky. <laughs> it's not dorky. I mean, there's a level of dorkiness to the character of Mary. I actually wrote down, like, I love that she was given this random Scrabble club interest. I, I liked that about oh, her. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, speaking about Jennifer Lopez, everyone in the world knows who JLo is. I think this is my first time watching her. Uh-huh. I think she did like some, not darker movies, but she, you know, this was like her first big mainstream Mm rom-com and I really liked her. So this movie's 20 years old. Uh, She looks exactly the same. She She is so beautiful. She has not aged. I really like her in this. I think she pulls off a lot of the physical comedy Uh and I like, I bought into it, you know, and I, I wasn't really nitpicking a lot about her. Or this movie, to be honest with you. I really enjoyed her. I thought she was like a breath of fresh air, which is a weird thing to say about a movie that's 20 years old. But for some reason, that's what I think when I think about her in this movie. Matthew McConaughey is Steve. I mean, I don't think this is his movie. You know, this is J-Lo's movie, but I really liked him in this movie. This was like the first of his string of rom-coms in the early aughts, according to his IMDb. So this came out before How to Lose a Guy? Yeah, it came out a few years before How to Lose a Guy. But I really like the character of Steve, minus the fact that he's falling in love with another woman who's not his fiance. So besides that point, Uh I feel like he's genuinely a good guy. Like we're rooting for him, even though we know he's supposed to be marrying someone else. He's a pediatrician. He's good with kids. He like really sees Mary for who she is. And like, you know, there's no like achiness. He and Mary like aren't physical at all. Mm -hmm. That's true. So like I was still rooting for him, which is a weird thing to be able to pull off, you know? I think that's why like I love this movie so much too is like there is a there is a level of innocence that's maintained. Mm, yeah. It's like there's no blatant cheating that happens. Sure, is there a little bit of emotional cheating? Of course. Mm. That's like the the premise of like the whole thing. Yeah. Even when they had chances of like pursuing something physical when like Fran was out of town, like they could have let it happen, but I like particularly like that they knew their boundaries and she was like, she called out that like he was her client and Mm -hmm. he respected that. And I feel like movies are made a little differently these days. Agree. Yeah. There's, there's a loss of innocence these days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are some other things you like? You know, I usually grab like one of the first things I usually gravitate to when it comes to rom-coms is like the music like it's such an anchoring piece of it for me I can't say that I loved the music but Mm -hmm. there there's one song that I think I've only heard in this movie I think it's Nikki Hassman's Adore You Mm, Um, yeah it, it plays when you see her like in her apartment in San Francisco and she like has this life outside of work and she's you know like quite 
lovely. I mean, she watches like that antique road show, like while eating dinner, like she's so fancy. Yeah. She's so like, yeah, like she's so elegant and yeah. Like you kind of wonder like, how did she become this way? You grow to like love her even more. At least I did. You like kind of mm-hmm. grow to like respect her and love her even more, you know, from like making it to like partner at the wedding planning firm that she's at and her relationship with Penny is also really adorable and like, you know, she's like such a great wing woman for Mary and all those things like I think are reasons why I also like she just feels like someone that you can relate to and even even like maybe even be friends with. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think of it in terms of could I be friends with Mary? But now that you mention it, you know, we don't really see Mary have friends other than Penny. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she's a pretty she would be a steadfast friend. She might be like a workaholic, but I feel like she would still show up for you. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to what you said about the music. So this is actually a separate category, but I'm happy to talk about it now. <laughs> I actually really like the music in this movie, but I have a few caveats. So in the world of this movie, this movie is very romantic. And I feel like the music plays into the romantic feeling really? of this movie. Yeah. So bear with me because I don't actually think this movie is that funny. I think it's way more romantic than it is comedic. And so I feel like the the music plays up the romance. It's very cheesy. It's very sappy. But I leaned into the music. And I will say there's not one song I recognize Mm -hmm. out of this movie. But when I turned on the movie and watched it, I know what song's going to play next. I know the words to the songs. But I've never heard these songs out of this movie before. Yeah, agreed. So I like it in the context of this movie, but outside of this movie, I don't think I would actually like it. Mm -hmm. And it's strange. I couldn't find the Wedding Planner soundtrack on Spotify. I couldn't even find like a a playlist that someone had put together. So I had to go to like YouTube to find it. Oh my God, that's so funny. I literally did the same thing. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe there's something to be said about the fact that there is no Spotify playlist for this movie because it's just not a good one. Yeah, I don't know. I like I kept on finding like songs that you would play at a wedding. I'm like, no, that's not what I want. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the songs are like a little too obscure, but they're actually not. There's like Olivia Newton-John. There's like two other pretty mainstream songs. But for some reason, yeah, I, I similarly, I couldn't find um, a soundtrack. Yeah, that's interesting. But going back to what I said about the romance in this movie, it's super sappy and I get that it's predictable it's a rom-com I know what Mm -hmm. I'm getting but like that speech that Steve gives when Mary's leaving when he's leaving Mary's apartment also just like so romantic but I didn't feel like it was that cheesy do you know which speech I'm talking about that he gives Mary yeah he's like you know I don't know anything about you but you know I know the curves of your face and I know like the gold in your eyes and Mm -hmm. He's like, that was the best night I've ever had. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's really sweet. Yeah, it is. It is really sweet. I I do feel like they're a believable pair. Like, I think that whoever casted the movie did a really good job in typecasting Fran as this like, you know, she's an ambitious business person and she comes from money and like, Steve is also, I mean, smart and very successful, but like they just somehow don't really mesh. I mean, to your point earlier, I think he could have been played by another 
celebrity possibly, but this is definitely a JLo's movie. Mm-hmm. But I think like whatever chemistry existed between them was like, for the most part, it was pretty believable. I agree. It was believable to a certain point. I've seen this movie so many times over the past 20 years mm-hmm. where I don't really second guess a lot of things anymore. Yeah. It's such a comfort watch. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are some things you don't like about this movie? Yeah, let's talk about things I don't like. So Jennifer Lopez is Hispanic and Mary Fiore is Italian. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's like she's playing this Italian-American immigrant and like they talk about her like family and like they get, they even go back to talk about like her her dad being apparently in this arranged marriage with the mom mm-hmm. and I was like wow they're really really reaching deep in here and like talking about like the Italian heritage I don't know if I love that like I don't know if I again like I don't know if, how hypersensitive I am compared to everyone else that's watching this but I was like did she have to be Italian um it's not just you I actually filed this under what didn't age well this could also be a wtf like we all know j-lo is like a proud hispanic latina woman mm-hmm. wtf why is she playing an italian woman and then like when did made in manhattan come out that movie came out after this movie because that was like maybe going too far in the opposite direction where it like talked about her being a, a hispanic housekeeper i think mm-hmm who developed this love interest for this wealthy person that was a customer at this high-end hotel. And I was like, what is going on here? (laughs) Yeah, it was a little bit of like whiplash. It's like, wait, Uh what's happening? I fully agree with you. Yeah, I I don't know why they stuck to the Italian heritage part. I don't think that they would do the same choices today. Now, yeah, I would agree. Just one more thing, just going along with that too, like, did the person driving the taxi have to be an Asian driver? Like, are all Asian drivers really bad drivers? Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting perspective. You know, I always look for diversity in these rom-coms because that's just not real life where everyone is white. But I feel like a lot of these movies that were done in the late 90s, early aughts, a lot of the people of color are usually just like the service people. Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't appreciate that, obviously. But I did notice in this movie that, like, one of Mary's wedding clients were black at the dance studio. She brought, like, a black couple to the dance studio. I was like, okay, I see that. Like, they were nameless and practically faceless, but they were black. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they were, like, so minor, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. but yeah, the people who are not white are the ones who don't get any name recognition and any... In, in this movie, I'll say, but in a lot of rom-coms. And yeah, let's let's do better, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, honestly, that was like the first thing that came to mind. Mm. But it, there's a lot more, at least I hope, there's a lot more like awareness about identities and like typecasting. And mm-hmm. I, I think people are more sensitive about it now. At least I, I certainly hope they are. Yeah, I, I hope so. And I think they are. So I, I don't think this would happen today. Just let her be Hispanic or a Latina woman. Why did she have to be Italian? Mm-hmm. Her story would have stayed the same. Yeah. Speaking of Mary, like, it's fine. I get this was necessary to kind of, like, move the story forward. But the whole backstory of her former fiancé, Keith, and his now wife, Wendy, <laughs> it just seemed really out of nowhere. I would have appreciated, like, some peppering of Mary having some kind of, or, like, heartbreak. 
mm-hmm. to understand why she is the way she is. But I just feel like they just kind of like slammed it in our face. Yeah. It was that one scene. Yeah. She doesn't talk about him at all. But that's uh-huh. also probably why she's such a control freak. Like she likes to be able to control things, which is her work. But like her personal life, she can't control. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's probably why she is the way she is. But I just, it just seemed very out of the blue. Yeah, that's true. I actually, when I was watching it last night, I was like anticipating that scene to come. Mm-hmm. And then when it came, I was like, I guess this doesn't really add too much value. But anyways, I get your point. I, I think it is a little like extra. Yeah. And then like for me, the character of Massimo, who's played <laughs> by Justin Chambers, who I knew as... Dr. Karev, I think that's his name, on Grey's Anatomy. I only watched like the first season. So I was like, whoa, I forgot about him. And so I only knew him from this movie before Grey's Anatomy. And I was like, oh, he's not Italian? Also, like, terrible Italian accent in this movie. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that was was a fun throwback for me. Mm -hmm. He was funny. He added a lot of comedic relief but up to a certain point i was like okay massimo like you got to move on like mary doesn't want you let's just cut our losses he didn't really add much for me after a certain point yeah and like i think what angered me is that like mary was like no i'm not gonna like fall in love with the boy that like ate mud as a kid and like i have no connection with this person but i felt like she like gave in took him in and then that whole thing where they were like engaged because he just said they were engaged in front of Steve and Fran. And so they went along with it, but I felt like they flip-flopped like one too many times. Agree. Like they almost got married at the end. I was like, what did she just really seriously just decide to like throw in her hat and like call it a day. And then like, then decided not to, like, I just felt like she should, it looped around one too many times. Mm. I totally agree with you. They flip-flopped too much. Yeah. I didn't need that much Massimo. Yeah. I thought he was... I mean, I, I did think he was funny. Like, his accent was a little too much. <laughs> too much. But, like, him and his little Vespa and, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's just, like, such an eager beaver and... I don't know. It probably doesn't bother me as much as he bothers you. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely had some fun little giggles, but yeah. <laughs> Do you have any themes that you came up with from watching this movie? Only like one, maybe two. One being like, I don't know, I I guess like love at first sight is a theme that isn't like blatantly called out. You know, I, I don't know if you believe in love at first sight, but I just like, what are the chances of her getting almost hit by this dumpster truck and then like getting saved by this guy? But it's just like, it's, it's woven, though, like, throughout the entire movie, right? It does kind of seem like love at first sight. Hmm. You said something, you said about the way they met, like, their meet cute. I forgot to mention this, but, like, it's so absurd. But I love how absurd it is about how her heel gets stuck in a manhole and there's, like, a dumpster that falls. <laughs> it's, it's very bizarre. It's about to hit her. Steve saves her from getting hit by this dumpster. Like, it's so outrageous, but I love that it's so outrageous because in other rom-coms, it's a little too convenient. Mm-hmm. Not, okay, that's not a very good way of, of describing it, but at least they went out on a limb for this movie, I feel. Other rom-coms, a lot of it is just like a glance across the room or I bump into you. I just, I appreciated they went a little bit out of the box for this meet cute. Yeah, I guess it was not your traditional... Yeah. It's definitely... It's bizarre. <laughs> it's so bizarre. But 
about love at first sight. I don't believe in love at first sight. Do you? I don't. No, I don't. I think we're too sensible. Yeah, I think it comes with wisdom and age. <laughs> yes. But I don't know. Actually, now that I'm like saying it out loud, maybe it wasn't. Would you consider this love at first sight? No, I don't know if it's love at first sight. Yeah, I, I don't know if I do either, actually. So they go on that date, you know, at the movies, in the park. Mm-hmm. That's the first time they really spend time together. And I I, I feel like sparks fly, uh-huh. you know, so it's not love at first sight necessarily, but it's a great first date, I guess. Yeah. Even though it's not really a date because he's engaged to someone else. <laughs> but he so. agrees to go. Right, right. I don't, I would consider that a date, but yeah, you know what? I take that back. I don't think it's necessarily love at first sight. Hmm. What are some of the themes that you came up with? So I only have one also for me, it's, you can't fight love. Mm. Um, Mary tries to keep Steve at arm's length after he tells her that he's falling for her, Mm -hmm. but she's like, I I can't do this. Like I respect Fran. I'm not going to do this to her. So she's like, no, but then that doesn't stop her from feeling the way she feels. Mm-hmm. even to the point where she's supposed to marry Massimo, but she ends up not marrying him. Even after like her dad and his friends object to the wedding mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm going to go through with it. But then cut to a few scenes later, turns out she couldn't go through with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think you can't fight your own feelings. I guess like to an extent, like you can't, like some things really are out of your control. I think that's totally a relevant theme. You know, I think she does a really good job of like, Again, the whole keeping within her boundaries. But um, yeah, she like squashes it. And she has several opportunities to like, there's something could have happened. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a lot messier. But I think she like, you know, nipped it in the bud. And so did he. And but yeah, I, I think that's a very appropriate theme, actually. But that's the only one. Yeah, I, I struggled with this one. I wrote down family at one point, And I was like, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Well, I see you on that because I think a lot of her, well, her decision to marry Massimo is because she knows. It's like family obligation more than anything, right? Like to her dad. Right. If it worked for mom and dad, maybe it'll work for me. Mm-hmm. And her dad is the one kind of encouraging her very strongly mm-hmm. to consider marrying someone yeah. she doesn't love. Ugh, that's hard. I don't know. I was thinking about Mary's dad. Like if that were to happen? Yeah, like, arranged marriages are tough. Mm -hmm. Like, he said, you know, going in, like, he didn't love her. Mm -hmm. But I guess over time, anything can happen. Over time, anything can happen. And, like, haven't there been statistics around arranged marriages being more successful than Mm. non-arranged? Like, sometimes that illusion of choice can be really debilitating because you're like, well, I don't have to be stuck on this. I can go Mm -hmm. go with someone else. Yeah, so I... I don't know. I, I I think there may be some truth to that, maybe. Right. Yeah, I think there's a lot of cultural expectations or traditions that go into having an arranged marriage and that mm-hmm. comes with a lot of other expectations that go into it. So, <laughs> yeah, th- I think there are statistics that say that arranged marriages do tend to last longer mm-hmm. than a love marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at love. I don't. I don't know. I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I don't have any like close friends that have gone through an arranged marriage, but I can only imagine like this happening like more for our like maybe grandparents' generation. Mm-hmm. But like being in love with someone and then being told like, sorry, you know, there's someone that's been chosen for you. Like that to me is like worthy of like running away. I don't know. I, but like you know, I just the idea of like never being able to 
to marry someone that like you think you love and at such a young age I guess like who knows really what you know but that idea of not being able to spend time with and marry someone that you think you've mutually have picked out for yourself I think is can be really devastating yeah I I think especially for our, our western culture it's we want what we want and we want happiness and love and comfort and a lot of other cultures don't have that as a priority. It's like family first. You do what I say. This is how we keep the family going. You have to marry someone within the same caste or class. I actually, I have cousins who I don't know if they actually were technically arranged marriages, Mm -hmm. but they were heavily vetted. Let's say that way. There were other prospective partners that were brought to the family. And then the family said, nope. And so that family member said, okay, well, on to the next one. So that would just happen. They would just bring a person that they thought they would have a future with. And it was only until the extended family said, okay, then you can move forward. Then there would be a marriage. Hmm. That's crazy. And that that's your cousin? Those are, yeah. these are like our generation? Our generation, my cousins who don't live in America. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that Netflix show, um, Indian Matchmaker? I have, yes. That was like so entertaining to watch but I'm sure that happens to this day oh yeah I'm sure it does it was entertaining because like several of the women were like girls I'd be friends with yeah I I don't know I just thought it was like so Mm eye-opening yeah I arrange marriages there's a lot a lot to unpack there yeah let's move on to favorite scene one of my favorite scenes is their first date the movie in the park there's like the scene that comes on where people start to dance, like like people on the people in the movie start to dance, and then people that are like picnicking on the green start to dance as well, and so they start dancing, and then the it starts to rain, and then they sort of like are about to reach in for a kiss, but that whole scene, I was like, oh my gosh, what better like perfect first date could there be? <laughs> it's romantic, right? It is. It is really romantic. Like who does it's that? It's so romantic. Anymore? Yeah. Maybe now, actually, in COVID, that's actually a really good first date idea. That is. But to to have Steve, like, be such a proper and good dancer, it's like, oh, like, that's just a surprise. Yeah. So my favorite scene is similar to you, but it's like the few seconds preceding the first date is Penny, the endearing Judy Greer, who is just amazing. But yeah, the whole bit where she's trying to get Steve to go to the movies with her and like, telling Steve that she wants to have a medical chat with him. And then she's just very clearly trying to set them up. And it's obvious to both Steve and Mary that, that she's doing that. Mm-hmm. She needs to go help her friend's brother's godmother change her fax cartridge because she's leaving <laughs> on an African safari the next day. So outrageous, but I loved it. Judy Greer. She's hilarious. She's like such a, she's such a great sidekick. She is. She was also in 13 Going on 30, which is a movie yeah. you and I have talked about. Yeah. She's unfortunately always a sidekick, but she's she plays such a like hilarious, lighthearted wing woman. Mm-hmm. But I'm surprised that I don't have more favorite scenes considering how, how much I like this movie. And I don't have an answer. I don't know why. Yeah. The other favorite scene I was going to mention was just, and it's not a scene. It's more like a compilation, but like, I love when they go check out different wedding venues because they're all like 
they're all in Northern California, like probably either in Napa or, you know, wine country somewhere. And they're just beautiful. Yeah. They're like beautiful venues that are probably like very unrealistic. And I don't know. Again, it just going back to like glamorizing wedding planning, like, Mm -hmm. oh, cool. Like I get to go to these venues and like show people these properties (laughs) and like plan parties as a living that I thought was fun to follow along, like as if you were in her shoes. I will say, I feel like this movie is filmed in very warm tones, which I think adds to like the romanticness of this movie. Do you know what <sighs> I mean? Like warm tones? You mean like the cinematography is, it just makes you, everything is so inviting in this movie. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to, of course I want to be in a vineyard and be drinking wine with these fancy people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It just, it just makes you want to be there. I could see that. I'm trying to rationalize why I only have one favorite scene, even though I really like this movie. It's that like I mentioned earlier, like this movie to me is not particularly that funny. So mm-hmm. I think that rules out a lot of like funny scenes and I didn't cry in this movie. It's not very emotional. That's true. And so there aren't any high emotional touch points in this movie either. But I think to your point, it's just like this world of wedding planning. It's something that you and I thought was like a world that we could be in. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why we really respond positively to this movie. Yeah, like it just seemed like, oh yeah, that doesn't seem too hard and that seems kind of fun actually, like consulting with these brides that give you a vision and you have to, I don't know. I also like felt like I grew up in a bubble in New Jersey and like had no idea there were like wineries in California at the time. But yeah, maybe it was just like an escape. Mm. Like, oh, this could take me to like cool places. I mean, wedding planners travel, right? Like they source... Mm -hmm venues for their brides and that doesn't have to be in the state that they live in like it could be destinational it could be did I just make up a word destinational word (laughs) sure let's make it a word destinational but anyways yeah I think like event planning at least is definitely very like mobile I had no idea you were so into wedding planning and event planning is this really like I did not know this about you I think watching it made me remember got it like I don't even think I vocalized it I think it was more of like I don't think we ever talked about this I don't think we ever talked about it either I think you I mean it doesn't surprise me that like you thought about it because I can I actually can still see you as like a wedding planner (laughs) really but yeah kind of I I don't know maybe I just like re-watching the movie I was like huh I wonder how much about wedding planning did I actually give it some serious thought I mean, I will say wedding planning is very a glamorized profession. Mm -hmm, I know a few actual professional wedding planners, Mm -hmm. but I don't think they call themselves wedding planners or like wedding coordinators, right? Mm -hmm. It's very glamorous. I have one former colleague who does travel a lot for her wedding planning. She has planned some pretty famous people's weddings, but the grind is hard. Like you work on weekends, which is like... Yeah. The no, reason I, why I don't think I could be a wedding planner. I could never do wedding planning. I, I don't even want to like do birthday parties. It's hard. I think so much of the job is just hand-holding the bride, which mm-hmm. is a really challenging job. Yikes. Yeah. Wedding planning is not for the faint of heart. It's a very emotional day. You have one shot to get it right. 
Yep. Yeah. No, it's it's very high stress. People management, vendor management too. Like not mm-hmm. all vendors are easy to work with. Absolutely. When I worked out of that resort briefly, or not briefly, I actually worked there for a number of years. I, I actually thought about like, do I want to go into... So they're called like catering managers. You basically like, it's a venue, but people have weddings. People also have like social events, Mm -hmm. but it's all handled by like that part of the department. And it was either that or corporate events, which was like, you could stick to more of a Monday to Friday schedule and Mm. be more like nine to five. And I was like, oh yeah, no way. No, I, I, no thanks. Like, I want my weekends. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just want to, like, as much of a, a life balance that I could try to maintain. But yeah, I mean, I, like, thought about it briefly. And I just, yeah, it, it definitely takes, like, a very passionate person to, to do it. And I'm sure it's a lot of fun. But you really, mm-hmm. like, it takes a special person. It takes, a, like, a specific soul to, like, really get in there and and nail it and like nail it time after time again knowing that there could be like really hard rides Mm -hmm. there will be like imperfect days and you just have to like be okay with that yeah I think being a wedding planner is uh, a lot of like problem solving very quickly Mm -hmm. there's so much out of your control um, and it's not your wedding you know what I mean so you don't get to call any shots you have to like figure out okay this is what my clients would want This Mm -hmm. is how they would think. This is what they're paying me for. But I think I'm someone who loves love. I think that I'm a pretty cynical person at times. But for me, I just love love, which is why rom-coms speak to me so much. Mm -hmm. So I think because of that, that's why I wanted to be a wedding planner. I think I can be pretty organized and meticulous and detail-oriented about specific things that would make me a good wedding planner. But I also just love the idea of being someone who helps coordinate and facilitate two people in love coming together for the rest of their lives. There's something romantic about that idea. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wanted to be a wedding planner. But yeah, ultimately, the lifestyle is just not for me. Yeah. Sorry, just one last tangent. Have you been watching? There's a show on Netflix called Marriage or Mortgage. No, but I saw that is available. So you should watch it because... <laughs> you recommend it? Yeah, I think, well, I think it's really entertaining because every season is a new couple and Ah. there's two consultants. One is a real estate agent and the other one, her business partner, is a wedding planner. The couple gives them a budget both for a house and for a wedding and they're like, it's an hour. So like along the 60 minutes, they give the consultants like priorities, like they, they need the budget to fit a dress. The, the venue, the food, and the special touches that they want. And then like at the end of it, they have to choose one, of course. But it's really, really fascinating. I'm very intrigued by it. I do <sighs> want to ask you though, so what are the budgets that these people have to play with? So I think it goes as low as like, like the one I watched tonight was 20K for the wedding. Okay. Or 300K for a house. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So as someone who has paid for a wedding and recently paid for a new home, I think this will be either a really fun hate watch because these budgets do not sound realistic to me. Well, this is also in Nashville. In Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Which I don't know anything about Nashville, but like, just keep that in mind. It's not crazy New Jersey, like metropolitan area. Yeah. So funny. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's it's entertaining. I saw one of my friends like 
shared it, I think, as, like, an upcoming Netflix show that was coming out. And I was like, oh, I really want to watch that. Interesting. I know that she got married a couple years ago. She actually just had babies. But she was like, my word of advice, always choose mortgage. She was like, (laughs) I spent $16,000 on my wedding and would happily do the same thing again. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, interesting. Yeah. I mean, everyone's so different about how they would prioritize money. Everyone is really different. I think, though, to be fair, what's unfortunately kind of sad about the show is that I think it was filmed right before COVID. Mm -hmm. So the couples that chose wedding, like a lot of them had to like really pare down the guest list. Like, I don't know if they like got their money back or if they like pushed out the actual reception to like a year later, but... Like, I also think, I think COVID is just making people think differently about how they want to spend their money. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, I I played that out in my head because Frank and I, our anniversary is March 21st. It was really quickly after lockdown happened. And I was like, ooh, what would we have done if we were getting married in March 21st of 2020? Mm. And... I don't know what I would have done. It really sucks. It's a really, really hard situation to be in, especially if you're someone who has like dreamed of their wedding and their wedding day. That's a hard dream to let go of. For sure. When it's so close and you're just like, I'm just going to hold out. I'm going to hold out. But a lot can happen in a year. And if not more, you know, I actually was supposed to go to a wedding that's been postponed three times now. Oh my gosh, really? And it's still on? It's still on. Wow. It, it was postponed twice. Sorry. Like the original date got postponed once and then postponed again. Okay. So this is now the third rescheduled date. Wow. And it's tough. When I was watching this movie last night, I was like, man, I really miss weddings. I know. Me too. I don't know how, like what made me think of it. It was either like watching a movie or like seeing a commercial, but man, I really miss weddings. Yeah. There was a stretch where I was going to weddings very often and I was like, ooh, I, you know, I could take a break. I was traveling a lot, cost a lot of money, you know, to fly mm-hmm. and then the gift and everything. But I like to party, you know, like I like to dance and have fun with my friends. So mm-hmm. now that I'm not young and clubbing anymore, like going to weddings is the only way I get to like dance and drink and have fun nowadays. So I miss it. Yeah, I know. I miss it too. I just like getting dressed up and like there, I think the older you get, the older I get, the more I realize how precious it is to attend an event and see a lot of like old friends Mm. that it's harder to like gather friends. It's really hard to gather friends now. Yeah. Like if it's not for a wedding, if it's not for a baby shower, or if it's not for like, you know, a couple years later, then you have like kids birthday parties, but like, it's rare. It's hard to gather friends. And I think that was something that really hit me like really in the last five years of like wow really treasure the times that you get to you know share with friends because that just it gets harder and harder as you as you get older yeah anyway sorry to be so melodramatic no but that's that's totally true you know okay well there's no easy segue here but uh let's talk wtf moments (laughs) (laughs) okay i have a couple please when the wedding day comes steve like takes fran I, I forget how he phrases up the question, but he's like, do you want to take a walk? And they go on this walk. And then he asks her a question. Basically, he's trying to get to the root of like, do you love me? Do you want to marry me? And she's like, you're doing this to me on my wedding day. Anyways, mm-hmm. my WTF moment is she not only agrees to like back down from her own wedding the day of her wedding, but like 
she does it with a smile on her face. And I can't, like, Fran is, like, the assertive, ambitious bookkeeper back in her college days. Like, I don't necessarily see a woman of her status doing something like that. And I was like, okay, I guess this is a movie, but I'll just go with it. I I thought that was such a, like, what? (laughs) Wait, so you mean, like, the appropriate response that Fran should have had was to, like, be really angry with Steve? Yeah, like you, she she should have exploded at him. Like I think she fell out of love too, and like was starting to question things. But she agreed, and she she was just was very amicable about the whole thing. Yeah, that is d- definitely WTF. Like even if you weren't wanting to marry Steve, you'd still be kind of heartbroken for sure. Hours before, maybe not even hours, like forty five minutes before your wedding. Right, both of them are about to make this arguably the biggest decision they could make in their lives Mm -hmm. and they're just like you're right i guess i don't want this Mm -hmm. and then just like be totally fine with it Mm -hmm. no yeah that's a lot to unpack especially since they've been together since college exactly yeah that's a lot agree with you on that one they mentioned they only had three months to plan the wedding it's a very small like mention of it in the beginning when mary lands the account three Mm -hmm. months that's not a lot of time to pull off this grand black tie wedding. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, this is also towards the end, but when Steve, okay, so he calls off his own wedding and then he goes to find Mary and then like finds everyone but Mary and like runs into her dad in Massimo. And like of all people to give Steve a ride, it's Massimo <laughs> on his Vespa. Is it his Vespa? Yeah. I was like, Poor Massimo. He's just such a, like, the eternal third wheel. But that was, like, again, like, I guess it was just being funny. Like, I would be like, good luck, bro. Take a taxi or, like, you can take a hike. Yeah, I just don't believe that in that action that Massimo loved Mary. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. And then when he drops him off at the park, he sees, like, a pretty woman and, like, he whistles at yeah. her. Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember that, too. Yeah. It's like, what, did he actually love Mary? I don't know. <laughs> This is a very random moment. It's not necessarily a WTF, but there's a scene where Steve is playing golf with a fellow doctor. Okay, I remember. The actor is Kevin Pollack. It seems weird that they would get him to play such a small part in this movie. I think there must have been some deleted scenes with him because there's no reason why Kevin Pollack would... I find it very hard to believe that he would do this movie for just like a 90 like second scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just very weird. I felt a little disconnected. Yeah, it's the scene where they're playing golf and Steve is, like, anxious to marry Fran. Mm -hmm. The sculpture garden where Steve and Mary are shopping for wedding sculptures, the penis falls off. Like, what? Like, the way the sculpture falls, I I don't know how the penis falls off. And then Mary just so happens to have crazy glue. I don't know if it's, like, rubbing alcohol or nail polish remover to remove the penis from his hand. But it's just... It was funny. It was meant to be comical, and I get that, but so many WTFs there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I thought it was more funny when, like, the security guard is, like, looking around the garden and, like, looking around, and then, like, he turns over and, like, just glances at Mary and Steve, and in that moment is when, like, the statue knocks over. I thought that was more funny because the security guard was, like, I I don't know why. He just seemed like a really funny funny character like the way he questioned them was just really funny because he was like so deadpan he's like yeah your hand please remove your hand from the sculpture (laughs) um this is actually it wasn't a wtf until i read the trivia 
but the tossing of the brown M&Ms. So I found here, it says, it's likely that the lighter colored M&Ms have the least artificial coloring because it takes less food coloring to make lighter colors. On the other hand, it takes many colors and food coloring to mix a darker, quote unquote, chocolate brown color. So it's curious that Dr. Steve doesn't know this because he's a doctor. I realize he's like a medical doctor. Yeah, that's funny. Growing up watching this movie, I was like, oh, is that true? Is that like a thing where brown candy has less artificial coloring? Should I only be eating the brown M&Ms? That's really funny. I actually would have probably believed that trivia. I mean, no, I would have believed Dr. Steve. Like, oh yeah, chocolate is brown. So naturally, (laughs) chocolate M&Ms have less food coloring. You would think the same thing about gummy bears, right? Like the clear gummy bears have like less food dye. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. When I see the the clear gummy bears, I'm like, ooh, maybe these have less sugar in them or like less calories. (laughs) But that's probably not true. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stay away from like the fluorescent red and green and eat these like clear yellowish gummy bears. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the ending? I liked the ending. I just thought it was really cheesy and predictable. Yeah, same. I don't really have anything else to elaborate on that. I was just like, it's cheesy, it's predictable, they kiss, the end. Yeah, it was kind of flat, right? Like, it wasn't anything, like, to write home about. Yes, I agree. I did notice, though, that this kiss is the only kiss they share in the entire movie. I did notice that, too, last night. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think for what the movie is, it's a very fitting ending. Like, I don't know what I would have wanted either, but sure. I agree. I think it was like expected. I saw it coming. It wasn't like a going to hold my breath until that moment happened. Yeah. We've, we've talked a bit about this, but do you have anything to add about if the characters are likable or relatable? Um, Not really. I didn't really have much to say here. I think some of the reasons why I struggle with like the theme... I don't know, some of the other questions is that I like I didn't think the movie had a lot of depth. And mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I think it was a very like light, easy to watch movie. But yeah, not a lot of depth. I agree with you. And I think that's why I like it too. And like, it's okay if it's just here for light and fluff. Mm-hmm. I feel like it knows its purpose and it delivers on it. Yeah, yeah. And I think the times that it's been on TV or I've seen it, it's such an appropriate movie to have in the background because you're like, oh yeah, like it's just a comforting, mm-hmm. like you know what's going to happen. There's not really like any one scene in the movie where you're like, oh, I like wait for until this part. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with you. That's why I think like the favorite scene was just like, I guess it's this one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite character? You know, <laughs> I feel like we're really selling this movie. I know. I also- I also struggled with this one. I think, I mean, not really. Like, Judy Greer, I thought, like, she was, she did such a great job of, like, positioning Mary to, like, go out with this guy. I I love Penny. I thought she was, like, she did a good job of playing that also, like, frazzled best friend. I thought Jennifer Lopez did a good job, but, like, that seems like an expected answer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have, like, one favorite character. There's not, like, like, normally I would say I identify with so-and-so but I didn't really have one for this one yeah that's fair it, it is funny how we're like not really selling this movie um even though this movie means a lot to us mm-hmm. yeah I wrote Penny because that just seems like the obvious answer because she's the comedic relief mm-hmm. I do like Mrs. Donnelly Fran's mom she adds a lot of flavor to this oh, also yeah, that's true she is I love her singing 
the singing just so funny so great they're not meant to like really have a lot of attention in this movie yeah and i feel like there could have been more opportunity for it but because this movie is like a tight an hour and like 30 minutes or an hour and 45 there's not a lot of like fat to this movie it's pretty lean I think it Uh gets to the point. It doesn't waste a lot of time, which I kind of appreciate, actually. But yeah, those are kind of like my two favorite side characters. They're just the funniest ones to me. Yeah, Fran's mom is actually a good one. I thought her, like, ignorance was (laughs) hilarious. Do you think the characters stay together? Um, I do. I know, like, this movie doesn't go very deep, but, like, you don't really have a reason to believe that they wouldn't just because they're so similar That's a good point. There's no reason to not believe they wouldn't make it. Yeah, I'm inclined to think they do also. I don't know if they get married like immediately or even necessarily get married, but I do think that they're together for a while. There's still a lot of getting to know one another. But yeah, I can see it for the in the world of this movie. Yeah, I can see it happening. Um, We've talked a lot about wedding planners, but do you have a vision for your future wedding? I do, actually. Tell me. It's at a vineyard, funnily enough. It is. Yeah. Well, I have two vision boards. <laughs> vision boards. Okay. One yes. is at a vineyard. And I think this is influenced by like my time living in California and like being close to like wineries and just having, you could technically have a wedding like year round. But I just, I love how, and not every vineyard looks like this, but like there's something so romantic about overlooking the like rolling hills and like all of the like, Rows and rows of, what do you call them? Vineyards, I guess. Grapes. (laughs) Vines. Vines. Grape plants. (laughs) It's just like very beautiful. And like, Mm. and it just reminds me of like Napa. I went to this like beautiful vineyard in Napa one time and just was very like picturesque and very like, like looked like a postcard. Mm Mm-hmm. My second, like, sort of vision I've always had, and it's kind of outplayed now, but, like, just farm, like, getting married on a farm. Mm. There's actually a – if you ever come visit me, I'll take you there. It's called Farrington Village. I think it has, like, old English roots, actually, but it's, like, a village that has, like, a hotel on property. There's a restaurant. There's a library. There's, like, residences, and people have gotten married there. And there's also, like – I mean, there's, like, cows and chickens and goats and whatever – the two times I've been there, there have been weddings. And so you can like catch a glimpse of like how the venue is set up. And it's like, it's so pretty and it's so like romantic. So yeah, I two very different. But I guess like very both different. of them are like outside. Yeah, there's definitely like a connection between the two. Mm-hmm. I love it. I can't wait for either wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to a wedding at a vineyard before. Have I? What? Really? You've been to so many. That's hard to believe. I've been to like garden weddings, like weddings at like a botanical garden, but never a vineyard. Like on the East Coast, Mm. we don't really have a lot of vineyards. That's true. That's true. I did go to a wedding in like wine country. It was in Sonoma, but it wasn't on a vineyard. Oh, interesting. So where was it? It's kind of like a farm, the way you're describing it. Mm. There is like everybody who attends the wedding stays on the grounds. And it was very beautiful, very romantic. I think it was in Monterey. Oh, okay. Oh, man, all this wedding talk. I'm trying to like, I'm just thinking back at all the weddings I've been to. They're they're all so different. It's really nice to like feel your friends' personalities come out through weddings. Yeah. I think that's the fun part is like planning and like choosing the little details that reflect little bits and pieces of who you and your partner are. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I do. I, I got to say, like, I still dream of that tented wedding outdoors at night. Like, the wedding that J-Lo describes in this movie. Like, it is still mm-hmm. my dream wedding. Too little, too late. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of, yeah, I think my best friend's wedding is probably the closest thing that comes to that. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. It is really, really pretty. I'm trying to think, have I been to a tented wedding before? Actually, have I? I feel like you've gone to like far more weddings than I have. I don't know, I don't if know I've about been that. to one actually. I went to a tented wedding, my cousin's wedding in Bali. It was beautiful, but it was on the beach and it was pitch dark under a oh, tent. Oh no. Really? There's like no lighting? I mean, under the tent there was lighting, but that's all you could see. You couldn't see the beautiful ocean because it was after the sun had set. Oh, I see. You couldn't actually tell where you were after a certain time of night. It was beautiful, but it was humid AF. Oh, yeah, I bet. Well, one day, Viv, I look forward to going to your vineyard or farm wedding. (laughs) Watch it be like in my own backyard. No. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, like priorities change, life changes. So, you know, you kind of adjust. Yeah. So this movie, 20 years old. I'm going to say that this movie is very beloved. It's still pretty popular, and it has had longevity, being that we're still talking about this movie 20 years later. But what do you think? I think so. I mean, I think a lot of it rides on the, like, legacy that J-Lo leaves behind because she's such a, like, force. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Matthew McConaughey hasn't done – like, he's done pretty well for himself, too. But, like, Jennifer Lopez, I feel like she's – got this like following and she's just like really embraced her womanhood and like honestly just being a lady boss like I Mm -hmm. I respect her actually a little bit more now that I'm a little older and like have seen her perform at the Super Bowl two two years ago or last year I don't you just kind of respect her for being like what a mom of four being such a high profile celebrity like I think if anything this movie will be remembered because like she's still gonna be so relevant you know 10 20 years from now yeah JLo what a force to be reckoned with like who knew that she would be the mega entertainer that she is now or maybe she knew it I don't know she probably did envision this for herself but these are two actors that are still at the top of their a-game they're still very relevant and I think there's something to be said that this movie still kind of holds up you know there's not a lot of things that don't age particularly well. I think it still holds up if you want an escape for a light and fluffy movie. I agree. I think if you ask like a millennial, like, you know, there's hundreds of rom-coms to choose from. I would probably go out on a limb and say most people know about this movie still. Yeah. And again, like it's not a particularly good movie, (laughs) but I think like you and I really like it because of what it means to both of us at the time it came out in our youth. Mm-hmm. and that's why this movie probably is so liked by us but i still believe that outside of us people still reach for this movie um and just like side note j-lo is still doing rom-coms she has like one coming out later this year and i think she's filming one right now so like i love that she's still doing this genre of film oh i didn't know, not know that okay so i have some trivia for you So the director is Adam Shankman, and this is his first feature film as a director, which, I don't know, that's a home run, I think. Like, pretty big, high-profile first film. Yeah. Other actors that were supposed to play the main roles included Brendan Fraser and Sarah Michelle Gellar, but they could not move forward due to scheduling conflicts. 
Jennifer Love Hewitt was in development for another film with a really similar premise, but that movie ended up not getting made because of this movie, The Wedding Planner. Kathy to Jimmy, which I haven't talked about, who plays Mary's boss, Jerry. You know who Kathy to Jimmy is? She's in Hocus Pocus. I she's love her. And Sister Act. Okay, so you do know her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she plays a really small role in this movie. And this is super, super random. But her husband in real life is in this movie as well. He plays the best man at the beginning of this movie where Mary is feeding the best man speech over like a, a mic and earpiece. That's her husband? That's her husband in real life. That He looked really young. He, yeah, I don't know, 20 years ago. But so his name is Dan Finnerty. But he's in some other movies that I don't know if you and I, have, I don't think we've ever talked about these movies. So he's actually a singer as well. And he plays a singer in Old School and a singer in The Hangover. Okay, I remember him in The Hangover. He like curses at the end, right? Yes, he's like a foul mouthed wedding singer, basically. Yes. Oh, he does that for he does that for a living in old school. He does no that he just plays that like he did it in old okay, school. Okay. He did it in The Hangover. <laughs> I don't know when I found this trivia moment. I was like, oh my gosh, that's super random, but I love it. This movie debuted number one at the box office, and it was the same week that J Lo's second studio album was released, and it hit top of the Billboard. So that made J Lo to be the only entertainer to have the number one film and number one album simultaneously. Mm. But that's that's all I got for trivia. At least that was interesting to me. Yeah, that's interesting. Every time you mention like how much it brought in for the box office, I'm like, it brought in that much and it still got that awful of a score. I know, maybe there's not as high of a correlation. You would think there'd be a little bit of a correlation, but I guess there isn't. People yeah. will still go and pay money to see movies that they don't like. And I'm that's in that fair. camp, you know what I mean? Like... I will stream a movie that I know will be bad, happily stream it because I just know what I want and I want it now. I will go pay for a movie at a movie theater or I have, you know, I'm, I'm still not going to movie theaters, but like I pay expensive New York City movie theater money <laughs> to see a movie that I'm just like not that excited about, but I'm like, I yeah. guess I'll see it. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. I, I paid money to watch movies that I knew were like sequels that were like not going to be good. And I still went mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Like you still go. I, I, yeah. I do it it's all the time. the experience yeah. of going to see a movie. It's just a form of entertainment and escapism for like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Um, but I think we can wrap it up. Do you have any last thoughts or last takes? No, I no, I don't. I wish I had the DVD to like play bloopers or get some more oh. insights. But I don't actually own this DVD, Michelle. I own the DVD, and I can tell you the special features on the DVD. I popped the DVD in yesterday, and I got to say, I was a little disappointed in the special features. There weren't a lot. There's some deleted scenes, and I think that they were deleted for a reason, in the sense that I don't think any of these scenes needed to be in the movie. There was Mm -hmm. one deleted scene that I think would have added some more context. It was uh, Young Mary talking to her mom who when she was still alive oh it was really grainy like there weren't any captions or subtitles they were speaking italian to each other and basically the mom says the line that massimo recalls was like yeah your mom used to have this saying like love is love love isn't perfect it's just love so that it was a callback to that in italian there was a scene in napa with Stephen Fran talking about uh, seating arrangements for the wedding. 
And there's some tension around Steve's sister because she's too modern with like the piercing in her chin. And like Fran says something like, you know, there's going to be really big and important people here. Like we can't have your sister sit in front. She's going to have to sit in the back. And Steve's like, but she's my sister. Yeah. Again, like not that interesting of a scene. And uh, there's a scene where Mary visits her mom at the cemetery. And I think it's supposed to be like a very emotional scene. Mary's like breaking down, crying about she doesn't know what to do about her feelings for Steve. But that's that's all I got. Hmm. Yeah, not very impressive. Not very impressive. No bloopers. But yeah, I appreciate that it's like a, again, there's not a lot of extra things in this movie that needed to be cut. Yeah, they kept it short and sweet. Yeah, which is, I think, the way it should be for a rom-com like this. Mm-hmm. So my last take is that I think this is my favorite J-Lo rom-com that I've seen. I haven't seen all of them. I did take notes of like, all of her rom-coms there's a lot of hit or misses but i think this is my favorite one you mentioned made in manhattan mm-hmm. i did not love that one no me neither did not love it Gili, jersey girl shall we dance monster in law the backup plan what to expect when you're expecting and second act which came out just a few years ago i think the only one i recognize is monster in law actually yeah, that's an entertaining one. Didn't love that one. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this list. I think The Wedding Planner is still, is like JLo's biggest rom com. Yeah. It sounds like it for just from what you described. Well, we'll see. She's got a few coming up. I'm excited. But cool. Thank you for doing this with me, Viv. Yeah. This was a um, nostalgic. I feel like I've, like, you and I have talked about, like, many many rom-coms that are dear in my heart but this was like one of the last ones I feel like I was like lucky enough to snatch up Mm. but yeah I I definitely love the wedding planner and thanks again for having me this was like so much fun just to like relive my like how old were we when this came out like 16 17 yeah between like 15 and 17 yeah like it honestly brings me back a little bit when I when I watch Mm. the movie I don't know if you feel the same but like the movies that we both picked out or like so like I don't know like I didn't have I didn't date anyone mm-hmm. until many years later I love I think that's what I love so much about these movies is that like that nostalgia like it's just that tie to like who who I was in 2001 I think is like something that can't be replaced no I totally understand it's it's a special thing you know it's mm-hmm. hard to articulate in words because so much time has passed. It's a familiarity of putting something on that you watched when you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. And this movie is quite an innocent one. You know, as we've talked about, it's not a heavy film. It's not really saying a whole lot. It's just really fun and entertaining. And I think when we were 16, that's something we were reaching for. And mm-hmm. I guess we're not that different because we're still reaching for those things now. There is something to be said about just letting yourself fall into this comfort of like bringing yourself back to when you had like not a lot of cares in the world and not a lot of things to worry about. I think when we were at that age, all we were worried about was like potentially getting good grades, hanging out with friends and like not getting in trouble, which, you know, we didn't really get in a lot of trouble in high school, all things considered. So yeah, we were really good kids. Life was simpler. And so you're just like, I want to relive those simpler times and Mm -hmm. popping on a movie like this, I think helps feed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's nice to like reach back in time every now and then. Yeah. I think I reach back in time a little too often, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You bought a whole DVD player and everything. I did. <laughs> I 
I appreciate you and your time. But again, as always, I look forward to talking about another rom-com with you in the near future. Same. Thanks again for having me. Well, it was good to catch up with you also just on our many, many anecdotes. I know for sure. (laughs) Cool. Well, till next time, Viv. Thank you to all tuning in for listening to another episode of Rom-Com Weekly. You can follow us on Instagram at Rom-Com Weekly. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And let us know what you think of this movie. What would you rate this on a scale from 1 to 10? And we'll chat with you again next week. Bye. Bye.